Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. We have the pleasure of being joined by Jeff Zrebeck of The Athletic. Everybody's definitely a top what three reporter? I mean, we got me, how, how are we, are Garrett, we gonna... <laughs> Jeff. I won't put them in order, but you know, definitely, definitely top three. Um, Jeff, thanks for joining us today, bud. We really appreciate it. My my pleasure, guys. Hope you guys are uh, having a good summer. Yeah, you too. You too. As you well know, it's it's NFL vacation season, but you know, people still want the Ravens talk and. Uh, so there's there's a lot of questions to be answered this offseason still. And uh, I kind of want to start big picture with you, Jeff. Just as you look at this team now and look at the roster, you know, how good do you think this team can be in 2023? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a really good roster. Um, I was doing a exercise uh, over the weekend where I was looking at all the available free agents. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm shocked how many guys are out there, like that, that legitimate guys, like guys that, you know, at very least could be, you know, strong backups. And, you know, you look at the Ravens where they have needs and, and there's a couple, you know, they could, um, you know, there's a couple guys that would fit, um, you know, that they could consider adding. But, you know, I think it's a pretty deep roster. I, I like the mix of, of veterans, young guys, rookies. I, I think it's a really good mix. I always like it when they have kind of bigger undrafted classes because, you know, they have a history of finding guys. And nowadays with the increased, uh, you know, um, practice squad, you can keep guys. So I, I like that. Um, but the, I think the biggest thing I like, guys, is just the, the you know, and, and I'll knock on wood as I say this, but the, the health of the team in general. Um, people tend to forget the state of the health of the team last year at this time when we didn't know – if six or seven guys were going to be ready for early in the season or, or, you know, yep. for, if at all, and, and, you know, injuries happen, but the ones that hurt the most are the ones that linger into the next season where that player is never healthy. So um, I think overall, when, when you look at the Ravens roster, I think that's, that's one of the main things you have to feel really good about. Um, you know, the fact that we'll start training camp in about a month and, uh, you know, you expect most guys to be on the field rather than in the gym rehabbing an injury or in the training room. And and that is that is very important. You're going to lose guys through the course of the season. But uh, when you're already starting with six, seven guys that you don't know when they're going to play, uh, then the injuries sort of add up and then you got a problem on your hands. 
Yeah, for sure. It's funny. I saw. I've seen some uh, like national pundits or whatnot uh, outside of Baltimore say, "Well, I don't know if you can trust the Ravens because their health." And I'm I'm thinking the same thing is. I mean, a you can't ever predict injuries to happen, and like I'm thinking the same thing you are, where it's like. Actually, they're in really good shape health-wise, especially when you compare it to last year. I mean, they're not. there's not a whole lot of question marks outside of Bateman. I mean, OBJ, but he's had forever to come back. I mean, most of these guys are in, in pretty good shape as it stands now. Yeah, it's kind of a lazy narrative, too. Um, I yeah. think we're kind of prisoners of the moment sometimes, and um, people tend to forget in 2019 they were the healthiest team in football, Yep. Um, 2020, they came back and, you know, football outsiders does that adjusted games loss thing where it measures, you know, the, the who, who misses games and stuff. And in 2020, they came back and they were, you know, one of the healthier in, in the healthier third, I should say. And then they had a historic year injury wise. And then last year, most of their injury problems were related to injuries from the previous year. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think this, this um you know i think we all tend to go overboard and i'd include me on this list with the you know the woe is me they're always injured you know look every team deals with it uh the mm-hmm. jets the jets just lost the starting safety um you know in, in mini camp and, and they're not the only one I, I forgot who it is i know obviously chuck clark is but there's another team that i think i read that lost the guy with an achilles uh, uh may even been in cleveland so it happens and injuries are going to happen i think by and large in the last five years, they've had one terrible injury year, another one that was kind of iffy, and then those other years, I think you sign up for at the beginning of the season. So, uh, right. you know, obviously Ravens have to hope they're, you know, they're going to have a, a good year health-wise. You do what you can to make sure that some of the stuff's uh, unavoidable. But yeah, like you said, you look at it, and you know, I was thinking of the, you know, depending on what, you know, the Bowser, John saying the knee flare up, that didn't sound major. You know, I think Dobbins will be out there come, you know, July, late July when, when they start practicing. Um, you know, we'll see about Bateman, but I, I think most of the guys, you have to feel really good about where they're at. I think when you look at a 90-man roster and, you know, you have 85 guys out on the field, 86 guys for the start of camp, and that's just a – you know, prediction. I'm not sure how many it will be. I mean, you have right. to feel pretty good about that. Yeah. So, Jeff, if I want to go big picture here, and if you were to go back six months and think about where this team is and what the big questions were coming into training camp, I think a lot of us felt like the Lamar question could still be something we were talking about every single day. You know, we spent basically the last year talking about it. Oh, God. And if you go Jeff, back, aren't you glad we didn't bring you on the pod to talk Lamar contract? <laughs> you know, it's like go back six months and, and like, there really was no end necessarily in sight. And so now you go into training camp and like, it's pretty amazing how quickly you forget that like, Oh yeah, that, that just got done. And we're, we've moved on from that. And so just what is your take on, on the significance obviously of having that done? And then what do you think we'll see from Lamar this year? Like what is your expectation for the type of season he will have? Yeah, Garrett. I mean, like us, you know, in the media, we're pretty self, you know, we're pretty self, uh, self-absorbed, right? Uh, I mean, <laughs> and looking at that franchise date, the Giants reporters are currently dealing with it with Saquon about you have to sign a guy or he's playing the year under the tag. Yeah. And then knowing that if they didn't sign the guy at that point, 
there's a good chance there may be some sort of holdout, or I would I don't want to say good chance. There was a chance, so that would have never gone away. It would have we would not have been, have been had an enjoyable uh, break, Garrett. So yeah. I appreciate you bringing that up. I'm not the, I'm not the most upbeat of guys, but uh, that uh, that made me feel a lot better. That gave yes. Me- far better outlook about the summer and and truly when we get on the field i'm so glad uh you know we don't have to say hey is lamar here did he enter the building today it's yeah. awesome it's awesome and you know like it's probably over exaggerated but it did feel like there's sort of a black cloud over the organization in, in a lot of ways and that's not the fault of anyone it's just the situation it's a tough situation to be in and uh, you know when that get when that got done, I think that was a huge development, um, you know, for Lamar Jackson in particular, but obviously the organization as a whole. And you know, I think the biggest story in camp is going to be you know Lamar and and, and Todd Munkin's rapport and how they, you know, uh, not not just I don't want to say getting along. I mean L- Lamar is not an e- not a hard guy to get along with. I mean everybody gets mm-hmm. along with Lamar. But just just kind of the the rapport there, the trust, and you know, because the more Lamar shows he can do and he can handle, the more he's going to get. They made very clear this is going to be Lamar Jackson's offense. He's going to have a whole lot more responsibility at the line of scrimmage, and you earn that responsibility too. So, um, you know, but the things that Lamar Jackson wants to do um, that he said he wants to do seem to be set up for him to do. Garrett, I, I just. I think he's going to have a really good year. Um, he'll never admit it, but I don't know how the whole contract situation cannot be in the back of your mind when you go out to play or, you know, like, and being asked about it adds to the annoyance of it. It was just always there. And and now it's not there anymore. And and I think that's great for the team. That's great for the player. Um, and, and I think it kind of frees Lamar up to have a really huge year. And, um, you know, but I, I also think, Again, I think we're going to have to keep perspective early in training camp, midway through training camp. I mean, this is a new offense, and uh, I expect to st- I expect it to struggle in training camp. I expect there to be some days where the defense is hooting and hollering, and the the what it, <laughs> I can't figure out that scoreboard system that they have. You guys have probably got a piece on it, but I have no idea. Yeah, but anyway, we're going to see some days in camp where the defense number is a lot bigger than the offense. Is that just how it's going to be? <laughs> But um, it, it really, you know, that's going to be part of it. it. It's a work in progress very much. But I think by the time they're ready for the season, everything will be in place for Lamar to have a very good year, Um, you know, get back to the type of quarterback that uh, I think everybody knows he can be. Yeah, what do you think of the – yeah, like in terms of the offense with Munkin, what what has stood out to you? We Ryan and I have talked on the podcast plenty of times, like the personality certainly stands out, like like – he, he, just the way that he carries himself on the field, off the field, like he has a big personality, and you, and you could feel that on the field. And I think a lot of players like that. Lamar talked about that. But beyond that, like what stands out to you when you watch this offense, and what do you think will be a big difference in how it operates this year? Well, you know, it goes along with the personality and just the sense of urgency. And you see him sprinting down the field between <laughs> drills and, you know, giving guys an earful on the way. Um, and and when you think energy and and upbeat, I mean, you think up tempo, right? And, and I think that's one of the things I expect. I expect them to, you know, be at the line of scrimmage quicker, do more no huddle. I, you know, 
my understanding was when when John Harbaugh was interviewing uh, candidates, that was a big thing. And, and, you know, talking about, you know, he wants to be a more up-tempo offense, more sense of urgency. So I think that's one thing. Another thing, Garrett, and and, and I've been kind of struck by it during just the, the you know, we, we saw three OTAs. We saw three days of mandatory minicamp. How much time they've spent – working on the red zone plays and in the red zone. And that's both for offense and defense. I think that's where games are won. But um, we've all seen in recent years, there's been very few teams who've been able to stop the Ravens cold. Like, you know, even with injuries, even when, you know, when Lamar mm-hmm. wasn't out there on the field, they don't particularly go, you know, uh, three and out a lot and just get stone cold stuffed where they can't move the ball. They advanced the ball a lot. It's just been finishing in the red zone, finishing in late game opportunities. Um, and I, I think there's going to be a huge focus, guys, on th- kind of that, being a dangerous red zone team, being better in the red zone, all the things you do um, there. And it's going to be worked on a ton. Another thing I think we're going to see backs more involved in the passing game. I, I think mm-hmm. that's probably, you know, that, that that'll follow him. You know, that follows him from his other stops. And, and then the final thing I think – the word I look for is balance. I know, well, what's a balanced offense? I mean, that's hard to tell. Um, but I don't think the introduction of Todd, uh, uh, Todd Munkin as their offensive coordinator means they're just going to be throwing the ball around the park, you know? You know? And mm-hmm. and I, I think he's here to kind of better marry the pass game and the run game, and there will be days where we'll see them where Lamar's feeling it. He looks great. He's, you know, he gets hot just like any other quarterback. Their days were early. You can tell he's struggling a little bit. He's not seeing the field. Maybe he's a little jumpy. And and then I think those games, you lean hard on the run. I think the the, the hallmark of what they want from a Todd Munkin offense is going to be being able to score points in a lot of different ways rather than just relying on one thing. So I think the whole, you know, the whole, if you're looking for one kind of buzzword, it's going to be finding that balance uh, where you could hurt teams in a lot of different ways and teams have to honor a lot of different things. Yep. We talk about the running game, and obviously the leader of that is J.K. Dobbins. A lot of questions about him uh, after we didn't see him on the field at minicamp. Uh, you know, how, how do you, Jeff, think this whole situation plays out? Do you think that there is a, a decent chance that they could reach a, a contract extension before the season starts, or, or do you think he's going to play it out his rookie deal? Um, you know, I think the Ravens would be willing to talk about a, a contract extension for J.K. Dobbins. They love him. They love his personality. They love how he plays football. He's one of their guys. They drafted him. Um, you know, but my question is, is the contract they'd be willing to reach, is that going to be suitable for J.K. Dobbins? Mm-hmm. You know, I would think it it would probably be a shorter term deal. Um, I don't know. So I don't know if in terms of length and, you know, obviously it comes down to money too. I don't know if they're going to be able to, you know, compromise there and find a number that works for both sides. That can be difficult, especially in this market for running backs. I mean, JK is very bright guy. He's got to be aware of what's going on with Dalvin Cook. He trains with Dalvin Cook. He shares an agent with Dalvin Cook. You know, he went to Ohio State. He, I'm assuming he's crossed paths with Ezekiel Elliott. He's got to know what's gone on with him. There doesn't seem to be much of a market for him. 
Um, there's other guys too, obviously Kareem Hunt and, and, and Leonard Fournette. And, you know, he's, he said it himself. He's kind of become close with Saquon Barkley, another guy that hasn't gotten paid. So it's a tough running back market. And unfortunately for JK, he's missed a lot of games. Um, even when he came back last year, he looked great. He ran his, he's ran his butt off. I mean, what he averaged 7.1 yards a carry or something since he came back from injury. Um, but still, I think he was the first to admit he had not gotten that final gear back yet. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you know, I think you're conf- you're hopeful he gets that back, but I don't blame the Ravens being a wait-and-see approach. So, um, you know, as I said, I think there'll be some talks there. There probably has been talks already. But, it, you know, I think that's one of the deals the Ravens would probably do. It You expect it to be on their terms more than his just because the uncertainty of where he's at and, and, and you know, just the kind of the reticence league-wide to pay running backs on second and third deals and all that. So, um, you know, we'll see if he's willing to accept kind of a, a shorter-term deal. I think there's one to be had, but – you know, if I was to handicap it, I'd say probably the more likely scenario is is him and Patrick Queen being in similar situations, right? Going into the year where both of them could make themselves a lot of money by having a really good year. Well, and and the you know now that Lamar deal's done, you have the franchise or even the transition tag open for either one of those guys next offseason potentially if they have a monster year. And far more easy to use on a running back, right? Exactly. I mean, That's like the, I think it's the cheapest, second cheapest yeah. or cheapest one. If you I mean, want, we to saw that. that we saw the Cowboys use it on the guy who was their backup running back last year, and I know Pollard's going to be their starter, and right. obviously Giants used it on Barkley. Yeah, that's got to enter the picture too for J.K. Um, you know, they have to know that there's definitely a strong possibility that that would happen if he has a good year, he get franchised, and they can't agree to a deal. So. Um, you know, let's hope it gets worked out. He, he's a fun guy to watch play. I think he fits them really well. I'm, I, you know, everyone talks about Lamar in this offense. I, I think, I think there's a lot of excitement about what J.K. Dobbins can do yeah. in this offense when they're getting, giving him an opportunity to a get more touches and B sort of expand his game a little and be a little more involved in the passing game. I think we all know he's well suited for that, and he just needs that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I think we've been kind of looking for J.K. to have that monster season since he was a rookie, and then the injury derailed it, and I think this year could be that season. I mean, I think in Monk's offense, I think with the motivation of a contract, I think for all those reasons, um, it could be a big-time season for him. So you mentioned Queen. How do you see this one playing out? Do you just see Queen playing out the deal, and then at the end of the season they say, you know, he maybe tests the market. Eric DaCosta told us after the draft, like they would like to get a deal done with him. They would like him to be here long-term. It's tough to pay two inside linebackers. They're already paying Roquan a ton of money. Uh, so it's tough to pay both those guys. But how do you see that situation with him playing out long-term? Yeah, I think at some point in the offseason, it was pretty clear that, you know, there was a frustration with Patrick Queen. He probably saw the writing on the wall. But, um, you know, I was really impressed with with the approach he's taken um it obviously he would love to be here and you'd love to get paid what you feel like you're deserved here but you just don't know if that's going to be a possibility um it is hard to pay you know you know linebackers uh two off-ball linebackers that kind of money and Roquan Smith already has an APY of 20 per year um I would say with that one I think there's a uh general sense that 
you know, okay, it's his last year. He'll hit the market and become the latest Raven to cash out. And you know, I think again, I'm, I'm I don't gamble, guys, but I'm going to use it if you're if you're handicapping it again. I'm going to use it for a second time. But if you are, I think it is lo- more than likely that that's the that's the way it goes. He goes on the market and tries to get what he thinks, and you know, the Ravens will stay in touch. And if there's a deal to be made, they'll make it. But I'm not completely dismissing the idea that they won't find a common ground on a number that may work for the Ravens, even if it's a, a short ter- shorter term deal. Um, if they could find, uh, you know, a number, I, I don't again, I would say it's likely, but I'm not, you know, I think we're all uh assuming that that Patrick Queen will be going elsewhere next year. I'm not completely doing that. I, I do think the odds are in that favor if you're if you're going to say it that way. But. Um, they really like him. I think he could have a huge year, um, you know, lining up next to Roquan Smith. I, I do think some, you know, it's a little bit unfair for Patrick at times. We act like he only started making plays when Roquan right. Smith came here. And exactly. that's that's not true at all. I, I, I think he struggled at the start of last year, but his game was really on the, you know, up and up. And then and then Roquan Smith came and he took it, you know, he continued that kind of ascent. So, um you know, there's a lot of people in this building who really like Patrick Queen. He's kind of embraced everything about being a Raven, and and I love how he's handled it this off season. He's like, look, I, you know, he wants to be one of the higher. He would love. He doesn't want to be entering the final year of his contract. He would love to re up with the Ravens at a number he wants, but it doesn't seem like they're they're there yet. Um, will they get there? Uh, we'll see. But he seems to understand if he if he has a really good year and, and everything's in place for him to have that year, he's going to do well any way you look at it next off season. All right, good stuff, Jeff. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll give our final questions here for Jay-Z. We want to give a shout-out to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the Baltimore Ravens, because it has a limited-time offer that you don't want to miss. Here's what you need to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use the code FLOCK. If you're a new customer, you can get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code FLOCK. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. you got to be 21 or older to play and physically present in Maryland. All right, let's get back to our conversation with Jeff Zrebeck. All right, so so I want to talk about kind of you were mentioning earlier that you were looking at who's out there still. And certainly the Ravens are in a position, you know, they don't have a ton of salary cap space, but they have enough space to make some moves still, and they will. Um, so, you know, corner... Outside linebackers certainly look like the two most likely spots where they would make a move. Which one do you think is is more likely? Uh, and do you think they have enough space for both? Like, what what do you see happening there? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think when you look at uh, um, their list of sort of things they need, I mean, I think you break them into the two parts. There's there's areas I think where they probably could use a camp body, right? You know, mm-hmm. like like you look at tight end. You got four, I believe, on the roster right now because they mm-hmm. released they released one during the mini camp. I doubt Mark Andrews is going to see the field much in in, in preseason. Uh, Patrick yeah. Ricard, yeah. Yeah, Patrick <laughs> Patrick Ricard starting the season. Uh, John said, "Excuse me, starting the preseason or training camp on pop." 
Um, and then you have, I don't even know if you're going to want to see too much of Isaiah likely. I mean, I think you will, I think he'll play a little, but and say, so since saying that, I think you need another body at tight end just to get you through. You may need an emergency kicker. Cause I don't need to see Justin Tucker kicking in the preseason at all. I'm sure you guys don't either. Right, right. Um, and even a running back, I think you could use another body at running back. Cause I don't think you'll see Dobbins or Edwards <laughs> much, much, if at all, you will not see JK Dobbins <laughs> in a preseason game. I can guarantee yes. that. So, again, those are camp body needs where you just kind of get a guy. Um, but, yeah, the two needs that stand out are outside line for corner. I think I think they're going to get both. I think the more likely is probably, um, you know, linebacker. If you say it just it just there's a lot of guys out there and, and starting with a guy who had nine and a half sacks for the Ravens last year and Justin right. Houston, and you still have Clowney and Melvin Ingram and Van Noy. I mean, well, what's with just real quick on Houston, Jeff, like what is the deal there? Does he, does he have his, his flight booked for Baltimore already? Like he did, or, or is he looking elsewhere? Like what, what is, what is your expectation there? I don't think he's shutting down any offers and, 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 the sounds of it is there has been some interest in him. I just think he's a veteran. He doesn't, he's not worried over the next month. Like, you know, like I think last year, Garrett, did he resign on like August 5th? I think it was, I think word leaked out earlier, but I, I don't think it got done to like August 5th the year before it was the second week of July. So he's in no rush. He'll listen to what teams have to say, but I think when it comes down to it, he knows it's a good fit here. They love him here. Um, and, uh, you know, if he wants to play, I think he knows there'll probably be a nice spot for him to come to here. So why not take the time to listen to other options to make sure you're fully committed to playing? Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. And, and, and as I said, there are other guys, even if, if something with, with Justin Houston doesn't materialize, I, I know I was kind of, you know, Odafe always still talks to Houston and. I forgot whether it's OTAs or mandatory minicamp when Oway talked, but he mentioned Justin Houston uh, had a decision to make, and that was sort of interesting <laughs> Interesting wording to me. So, uh, But a guy at his age, I'm sure Justin Houston wants to make sure he's ready to play. Uh, he wants to play. He's fully committed. And then he, um, you know, he finds the right spot for him. But, you know, again, and, and but I also think they'll bring in a corner at some point. Um, wouldn't surprise me if it's Kyle Fuller or – you know, there's other guys out there. I mean, and Anthony Averett's still out there. You know, there's plenty of guys without Raven Tynes. Callahan, who played with Chargers yeah. last year. William Jackson. Um, so, you know, I, I think I think I counted yesterday, guys, and I think the Ravens added about five veterans um, from July through, like, the second week of the pre- from the training camp. You know, last year, Houston was added. Worley was added. Um Clement, who only lasted three weeks, was added. Trent mm-hmm. Harris, the linebacker who got hurt in his first practice. So, again, not every guy made an impact. David Sharp was another one who was added right around training camp. Not every guy made an impact, but this is what they do. Um, so it didn't surprise me if uh, we'll see uh, several more guys in here before all is said and done. Who was it? Beagle? Well, he was it's added kind Beagle. of mid- he yeah, say, yeah. And he looked like he was going to have a role last year before his injury. Like it was like 
he looks like he's going to definitely make the 53. Um, yeah, and that sort of was the start of things, remember? Yeah. I mean, early in the season, you know, they're bringing guys off practice squads to to rush the quarterback. So they were kind sure. of thin there. So there was an opportunity there for a guy like him. Yeah. You know, cornerback is really the interesting one to me because there hasn't been an obvious number three or slot corner. And so, like, you know, you mentioned, like, Callahan, that kind of makes a lot more sense. But, you know, some of these guys, like Anthony Avery, he hasn't played in the slot at all. You know, uh, Fuller is not really a slot guy from my recollection. Um, you know, so Marcus Peters, you know, who is still sitting out there, he's outside corner. So, like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there's always the the – you have the option where you could bump Rock Yassine into the slot when you go three corners or Marlin, obviously he's done it. You don't want to, but like, I guess I'm just curious for your perspective on what you think ultimately happens with the number three cornerback spot. Yeah, I, I I think it's tough. Uh, That's a tough position to play as a young player, but how as a young player do you develop and get better without playing you know mm-hmm. and and that's the thing and um i think the ravens can afford early in the season to take a you know to have give young guys a chance to see if they step but you know uh demarion williams excuse me demarion williams played well at times last year he just mm-hmm. didn't really get consi- you know consistent reps and Jalen Armour Davis had his moments, and then he he sort of was injured. Um, Trayvon Mullen is another guy. Blue Kelly, and again, Ryan, not all those guys are slot guys. Obviously, Demarion Williams right. would fit in fit in there. Right. Um, but you do have Brandon Stevens as a potential slot option. I think Kyle Hamilton in some looks will be in there. Um, I think the best fit would be a slot guy like a Callahan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but. They've been pretty consistent. I, you know, I think there's people in the building that actually like Marlin in the slot. You know, get him closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's a great tackler. He gets the ball out, allow him to blitz a little bit. So I think they would like the freedom to put him in there at times. So again, mm. I don't think the cupboard is bare, but I, I do think when you add a guy, it, you'd like to be pretty comfortable that he could hold hold his own you know, in the slot, like a guy like mm-hmm. William Jackson, I'm not sure where he's at. He hasn't played a lot of football recently. He can certainly play the slot. At one point he looked like one of the better, you know, up and coming slot corners in the league. So there's guys out there. Um, I don't think it's a guy they're looking to break the bank on at all. I, I just mm-hmm. think it's a, it's another vet that they'd like to add to the mix because as we all know, uh, that's the one position where it's kind of been a struggle every year to make sure you have enough depth and you keep guys healthy. Mm-hmm. So Jeff, on the uh, on the offensive side of the ball, we're all excited about the receiving core and how good this group could be. And and you know John Harbaugh talked at minicamp. You know he brought up the class from fourteen, the group from fourteen, where it was Tory Jacoby uh, and Steve Smith that year, and how hey I think this group could rival that one. And you know I think it it's, has a potential. Like as you look at it on paper, to be one of the best receiving cores in Baltimore uh, in quite some time. Now, there's a big difference from seeing it on paper and then having that translate to the games, and that's what we're going to find out this year. But what do you expect from this receiving core? Uh, we've seen a little bit of Odell Beckham. I know in talking with you at minicamp, you know, even though Rashad Bateman didn't practice, like, you know, you weren't sounding the alarm about him missing practices at minicamp for getting the cortisone shots. So just what, what, what are your expectations for the receiving core? And I think Bateman in particular, given that he's coming back from that injury. Yeah, you know, I think uh, 
you know, scar tissue among the fan base and even some reporters is why kind of there was an overreaction of abatement and sort of a here we go again. We've dealt with this. I mean, it's a mandatory mini camp. I, I don't I'm not particularly, you know, he had a list Frank injury. I mean, that's a that's a significant injury. He had surgery. Um, if someone told you when he had that surgery, I don't think any of us would have expected him to be on the field for mini camp. Right. You, you know, like so that's I just sort of saw the big picture, you know, and the the bottom line is you'd like all these um injury rehabs just to keep progressing, keep progressing, and there'd be no setbacks, but that's just not how things work. And I'm not even saying this was a setback, but, you know, obviously people saw him on the field some in OTAs, and then he wasn't in mandatory minicamp. And I was like, oh, here we go again. You know, I, 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 you know, I don't, I get it to an extent, but uh, let's wait till training camp. And and he may not be a everyday guy, but um, I think we've all seen what, um, Rashad Bateman can do. I mean, this isn't a guy where you have to project from college to see Rashad Bateman at his best. I mean, just go back to that Miami game where he took a short pass to the house or some of the other plays he's made at times. Uh, you know, this isn't just a guy who's been, a, you, you know, um, Mr. July and Mr. August and dominated mm-hmm. training camp and just hasn't yeah. done anything. And, you know, we've seen our fair share of receivers that have done that and then get to the game and you don't see him, but this is not him. We've seen him show up in big way in a game. The kid can flat out play. He just needs to stay healthy. And, and, and um, I just think you've given yourself some depth. You've given yourself some options. I don't, you know, obviously Mark Andrews is going to continue to get targeted uh, and, and heavily, and he, and and he should. I mean, Lamar loves throwing the middle of the field. He has a special chemistry with with uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, excuse me, with Mark Andrews. So it, it makes sense. And why wouldn't you want Mark Andrews to have the ball thrown to him? But I think as the receivers, I I, I think it's very much going to be kind of a week by week thing where you know one guy. You know, maybe Bateman has the hot hand and, and he gets nine or 10 targets um, the next next week. Maybe it's Beckham or maybe it's, uh, um, you know, Zay Flowers. I just think they have a lot of guys that can, you know, hurt teams and that have teams have to prepare for in different way. And a lot of guys, if they need a play late in game, can make a play and can stress a defense. And I just don't think they've they've had that. So I just kind of look at the totality of the group as a whole. They've upgraded the talent there. That should help Lamar. That should help um um you know, Mark Andrews get less attention in the middle of the field mm-hmm. that should open up the things for the running game. So uh, I think it's great. I mean, I think we all obsess over, Oh, how many plays is this guy playing? How many targets is this guy getting? Um, and, and, you know, there'll be some of that this, this year too. But uh, I mean, the point is to have a, a much upgraded passing game and to have a lot of go-to options when you need a play. And, and they've certainly increased uh, their ability to do that. What do you think Zay Flowers' rookie line looks like? Like how how involved does he get? I think probably slow early, just because you know they do have other veterans. Um, but you know, I think there's going to be a Zay Flower game where he Ooh, just okay. kind of breaks out, and it's <laughs> you know, like I remember we saw that with Tory. What was that yeah. against? the Rams three no, touchdowns predict- like no, his first predict- three catches yeah no I'm not predicting three touchdowns and a half I mean that's probably <laughs> unfair but um I think there'll be a Zay Flowers game where he just kind of goes off and you know early in the season maybe he's getting a, a handful here and there and um you know again I was asked you know early today uh 
you know, where do you see Beckham fitting? Is this going to be a high target guy or, yeah. or, you know, and I don't know that any of these guys other than maybe Mark Andrews are going to be high target guys. But what I like about Beckham is his ability in the clutch to make a big play uh, on third down when you need it. I mean, we saw it against the Ravens when he was with the Rams, you know, yep. like in that game here, you know, Stafford found him when they needed a play in that final drive. I think, you know, he makes some of those plays and you know you have him there. I don't really care if how many targets he's getting, you know. Um, so I, you know, I think Flowers probably, you know, I don't predict a huge year for him just because of you know the other targets they have, but um I fully expect him to to be an impact player before the end of the season. Jeff just it's, talking anti-fantasy talk right there. Yeah, I don't no. care how many targets he gets. Fantasy owners right now are just sighing. Just- <laughs> Come on. You know, it, it is tough. Like, we've talked about it a little bit. I mean, we're not going to do the full uh, season predictions here. Uh, we'll save that for another podcast uh, in terms of mapping out exactly what we expect everybody to get. But I don't know who I would say, especially even throw Mark Andrews in there, but if you take him out, like, who leads the team in receiving yards? Who leads the team in catches and receiving touchdowns? Like, when we do this podcast, the prediction podcast, for the last three years, it's been like, all right, just give me Andrews across the board for all three of those. I don't know if it's still the case. And if you're just talking about the receivers, it's just difficult to predict for me. Like, I I guess I would say Beckham, but it's just hard to know uh, because we haven't seen Zay much. You know, it's just during the, the offseason practices and you missed a couple of those. Um, but Bateman's come back from the injury. I, like, it is very difficult for me to have an idea of what the distribution looks like throughout this offense. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Garrett. And, and you know, again, I, I think this team is in really good shape health-wise, as I said earlier. But if there is a position where there are concerns, wide receiver probably stands out among the other spots, right? Just because, mm. you know, Bateman's coming off surgery. Beckham hasn't played, you know, Duvernay's yeah. coming off foot surgery. So there, there's a lot of the, there's a lot of things there that could impact the, that question too, you know, like who's 100% early in the season and, 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 and all that. But, I mean, the point that we're talking about, the uncertainty, uh, means – probably that it was a job job well done by Eric uh, DaCosta because that was the whole thing in the past. They just didn't have enough guys in the passing game who really stressed defenses and who you could count on on a week-in, week-in basis. I mean, you know, I'm not overselling Nelson Aguilar based on mandatory minicamp, but I think you guys would agree. He, he can play. Yeah. He can absolutely contribute. I mean – He actually stood um, out to me as one of, like, the bright and spots. Me too. Yeah. Me yep. too. And and. and how many balls did Isaiah likely catch? Uh, yeah. A lot. And, uh, you know, like, that's why when there was all this obsession with DeAndre Hopkins, you know, I, I, I'm not going to pan DeAndre Hopkins. I get it. But, you know, at some point when you keep adding guys, you also, you know, you take away opportunities away. for other guys too. So I, I yeah. think you have, you at least have to consider that, especially for young receivers you want to develop and, and, you know, young pass catchers say in general. So that includes likely. Yeah. You talk about Nelson Aguilar and uh, my last question to you, you know, one of the, one of the standouts for me in OTAs and minicamp was David Ajabo um, from the biggest standouts. How, how concerned are you about the Ravens pass rush entering this season? Do you, do you think, Oh man, Ojabo, like, are you, you, you signed him up for seven plus sacks this year. Like, where are you at on the Ravens' pass rush? Um, I, I don't think I'm concerned, but maybe Ryan, that's because I fully expect them to add to that and, yeah. and, and get another guy. And um, 
you know, I'm not sure they're going to have a, a, a 10 sack guy, you know, double digit sack guy this year. I mean, those just don't grow on trees. Uh, I obviously Houston was a half sack away from that last year, mm-hmm. but in general, I, I think Matabike is going to take a next, the, the next step. I, I'm not convinced that I know everybody's all hot and bothered by Dafe always production at this point. I mean, we all see guys get written off. Uh, didn't we write off Paul Kruger rather early? And he, yeah. he turned out just fine. And um, I think we've all seen lights go on for pass rushers and, and, and them get better. Um, well, Zedarius had a big year one and then a really yeah. small year two and then kind of. Yeah. Out. And, and, yeah. So I, I, I'm not concerned, A, because I think they're going to get another guy. B, I like the young talent there in spots. I, I think – I mean, Ajabu was probably the star. Ajabo, I always say that wrong every freaking time. But Ajabo <laughs> was probably the star of of the mandatory minicamp. But I always say, I mean, look, we've seen Tim Williams and Dalen Hayes star in mandatory minicamps too over the years. Mm-hmm. I think with pass rushers, especially, you need to see wait and see the pads go on. But man, you see him healthy and you see him playing fast. That has nothing to do with pads. Um, yeah. You know, he's confident. So I think all things are setting up for him to have a very good year. Um, I like a couple of their interior guys. I think Travis Jones, you know, and, and and then if these guys all just improve a little, all just bump up their sack totals by a couple. And, you know, I don't think you need mm-hmm. somebody to blow up and have a 12 to 15 sack season if you have a lot of guys that have just improved a little bit and get into the quarterback. So mm-hmm. I think to me, it's something to watch. It's clear something I think they should try to address and there's enough guys out there to address, but I'm, it's not something I'm, you know, uh, I'm sounding an alarm on yet. I, in fact, I, I, I think to me, the cornerback situations would be a bigger concern than the pass rush right. at this point. Well, maybe Tavius and, and Simpson get a yeah. couple each. Two. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, um, you know, big Broderick Washington guy here too. I know. Oh, he's yeah. not really, uh, I, I, know, I know he's not really a, uh, the pass rush is not, but, um, you know, I, he's another guy. There's they they got a good mix there. I, I like the the youth they have, and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and we haven't even brought up Chuck Smith. Um, yeah. You know, and Chuck Smith and Anthony Weaver. That's not two bad guys to have coaching uh, your guys on pass rushing. Yep. All right, last question uh, for me, Jeff. This is the nitty gritty here. Who's going to be the left guard? Um, John Simpson. Um, not ruling out. A rotation to start the season, though. Ooh, ooh you know, I think right. we've seen Hot that. Take. I think we've seen that in the past. Until until somebody seizes a job, you know, maybe going every two series with Simpson and and, and either Cleveland or or Sala. Um, I try not to make too much in reps, and I know as media we're not supposed to say who's playing where, um, but. I mean, John Harbaugh pretty much said it, so I don't feel like I'm speaking out of turn here. Um, you know, we saw Cleveland play a lot of tackle. And to me, what does that mean? Does that mean they're increasing his versatility to see, look, he may be our seventh, eighth offensive lineman, and we want to see if he can handle that? Does that mean they're trying to keep him motivated? I know last year so much was made about him failing the conditioning test, just got off to a bad, you know, just got off, training camp just got off to a bad start for him and sort of snowballed. Um, 
Or does that mean they know what he can do and they're not real worried about it? So I, I think it could mean a lot of things. Um, but they went and got John Simpson for a reason. Um, big athletic guy. I think they really trust Joe uh, Joe D's ability to coach these guys up and get these guys to play. Uh, um, and, and just, I don't want to be too impacted by the reps, but you look at the reps and in camp and, you know, it certainly seems to suggest that, that John Simpson should at least be considered the favorite, but I, I think that's a legitimate competition. It's not one of those that we're just calling it because we mm-hmm. need to have something to label a camp competition. <laughs> I think that's a legitimate job that is there to win uh this summer and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for sure well jeff thank you so much as always to our listeners check out jeff's work on at the athletic just does an awesome job every day um so make sure you're subscribed and reading that uh jeff thank you so much look forward to getting out there at training camp with you and uh chopping up a little bit Awesome. I always enjoy our sideline conversations and com- and complaints. Uh, so, but I hope you guys have a great rest of the summer. Always enjoy talking to you. All, All right. right thank you. Thank you, you too, Jeff. Jeff. Take care, guys. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, big thanks to Jeff for joining us today as we're you know, enjoying some vacation during this 4th of July week. We'll all be thinking about these questions anyway, so bring a little clarity. Uh, as always, make sure you're subscribed to The Lounge, rate and review. And if you haven't done so already, check out the Ravens Press Pass uh, podcast as well. Subscribe to that, rate and review. Thank you, Garrett. Yes. Uh, good to hear from you today. And we will be back later. This The, the Lounge doesn't stop. Yeah, we'll be all back. Right, we're, we'll be back on Monday. We'll be back on Monday. We'll be back on Monday. And we're going to keep it churning. All right. So, yeah, we got some special things in store. Can't wait. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 
deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4-14-24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.